Uh, I'm not following you, Mike, but I want you to know this movie is very bad and it's very unfunny. And every now and again, I'll tell you to turn up the sound because a funny thing's coming. It's going to give the audience impression this is a good movie. It is not. There's so I mean, many unfunny bits. I think Ian Thomas, who did the music, is Dave Thomas's brother because I know that his brother was involved. I don't remember if it was Ian, but he was a musician. Is a musician. Way to get work, right? Well, no, you just, you know, you got to rely on somebody. Listen, I got to get the music down while I direct this film. I'll get my brother in. Done. Well, I appreciate that. Many of the theme songs that you hear on this show, my son helped me uh, record and played instruments and sang on. So, right. yeah, I get it. It's less nepotism and more you're in the room. <laughs> I need this done. So, we just met our love interest, okay? And... You see, this film is poor, and one of the reasons it's poor is it has so many different tones. Like, when you first start watching it, you think it ought to be a National Lampoon with all of its, like, uh, which, outrageous... Which, how many medical uh, uh, work comedies have we seen, especially under the National Lampoon band? I mean, the first one, I think, is RoboDoc. Was that a National Lampoon? Because that's yes. a good example. And that was Canadian, that had Alan, Alan Thicke in it. Uh-huh, yeah, it did, right. That was the movie we watched that had Michael Winslow, and he did not do one sound effect. Oh, there's my Barbie. Boing! Now, when I first started watching this thing without any research, I saw Dave Thomas at the beginning, and I thought of that movie, RoboCop. I was like, oh, here's his cameo, and then he's walking away. Dan Aykroyd's in this film. Let's see how low these guys' careers have sunk. But no, not at all. Dave Thomas made this movie. He's proud of this movie. He toured Canada promoting this movie. Wow. Unfortunately, it was a box office failure. It seems like a good product. I mean, it no. has comedy. No. No, no Mike. It is not <laughs> I know good. This. I know this for a fact, Carl. I love Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, not only uh, he wrote a book, like a big coffee table book, and I had to leave it when I moved to San Francisco. I left it on the sidewalk. SCTV, and it just broke down. It was an oral. He just talked about the background and the history of the show and, and mm -hmm. how they all met and beforehand. Like they were making fun of NBC executives. You know how they would parody and, and dress up and satirize yeah. current. One guy, Dave Thomas, did was this red haired lumberjack, was a parody of the NBC executive that was meddling in their show. During... Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it was funny stuff. So I really like this guy, and uh, sometimes when they direct, like Eugene Levy directed a film with Belzer, and it was really bad, and you don't hear about it much. But it's so when they hear they directed a movie, I want to see it. He co-directed with Rick Moranis, Strange Brew, the greatest film yes. ever. Yes, yeah. it is a great film. No, Dave Thomas is a very talented individual. He is hilarious. He makes you laugh. This movie is a misfire. And the only Where's guy the who Barbie doesn't know doll? is Dave Can Thomas. Can I get my Barbie doll back at least? <laughs> That's a good example. Like, you see the Barbie doll up his ass and like, oh, I know this comedy. But then it's going to go on to do serious medical drama. It's going to go on to do love interest story. It's going to do disgusting, like, poop things and human organ things, really gross things. The tone of this film is all over the place. Which is crazy because it's really drab and pedestrian it's just corridors i mean granted it's a medical hospital where they make fun of well 
you know, not fun, but they're, they're all props, these guys. Well, this we're not listening to any of it. I mean, you're seeing the visual of corridors, but I mean, there's lots of jokes going on. But it's, yeah, but it's not, there's no pop to it. I mean, I, I watched a couple minutes of this, I grant you. Oh, here we go. Sorry that you feel an have to hand over this. That's your decision. Anyway. Dan Eckford's always the same guy. He's always that guy. But he stopped. You know, he only shows up at cameos. Like the fact that he has a credit in this means that he has an extended role is great. Yes, we yeah. saw him in 99. Look at those plugs. Got something to plug his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? No, I already plugged it. Yep, plugged away. No, but I'm saying Dan Aykroyd always has the same canter, same tone. He, he, sure, he's doing a different character, but he's reading it in the exact same way every single time. I mean, he sounds like... Do you like find Richard that funny? Nixon. Do you, do you yeah. find him... Do you, yeah. So, Dr. Detroit, you thought that was funny? No. No. Uh, <clears throat> nothing but trouble? No. Uh, Spies Like Us? No. Uh... Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters. I mean, Trading he Places. Was, he was very funny in that. Neighbors. He he had a. They switched the roles. He was the evil one, and Belushi was the milk toast. <laughs> I loved him in Neighbors. Yeah, I saw that in the theater, man. Okay, turn I'm up the time. sound. Oh, you're joke. Hear, right. This. You're, you're going to hear the speaker go. Mike Hunt to OBGYN. Mike Hunt. To... Can't hear it over the music. Yeah, I know. So the thing is, when I heard that Mike Hunt to OGBYN, I started thinking maybe every time I hear that lady, it's something funny, but it's inaudible. You can hardly oh. hear. It. Is that radar from Mash? So what just happened is she gave him a BJ. Okay, that's what just happened, and that sets us up for our next bit. Uh-oh. Did she swallow? No offense. She certainly did. Oh, I can't believe I missed it. Ew, wash your hands. Gargle and mouthwash. So, um... This guy is sort of like our star. His name is Pat Kelly, and he's playing a guy named Dale Dodd. He's totally Canadian, all about Canadian. And she he's a big com comedic partner with another person in this uh, film. He didn't have that great a career, but um, but he did have a nice career. The, the teacher? No, the star. The star. Now, this is... Um, Dr. Toussaint, okay, and he goes by Tony, and we've seen him before in Meatballs 3. Oh, cool. Was he an angel or a terrestrial human? He was a... Um, motorcycle gang? Right. He was the motorcycle gang guy, and it was pretty funny. Uh, and he's funny in this one, too. Now, when I started reading his credits, um, it was uh, he was in War Games, and I realized he was the guy who was like, Mr. Potato Head... You know? Yeah, right. So I, I immediately text Eddie Deason, like, is there any funny, you know, anecdotal story? 
about him. So he goes, his name is Maury uh, Shaken, and he passed away. He's totally Canadian. He says, Maury was a great guy to work with in war games. A bit, the bit in our scenes where Maury says, Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, Maury wrote that himself. He showed it to me the morning of the shoot, and I loved it immediately. And to this day, I have people call me Mr. Potato Head. He actually, another person, Marty Bratt, actually deleted our scene, but then Marty got fired because the studio didn't like his dailies. But when John Badham, John Badham took over, our scene was one of the only scenes he insisted be kept in the film because of Mr. Potato Head. I had no idea. Oh, that's cool. All right, that's yeah. Eddie Deason. Oh, that's cool, Carl. Yeah, I didn't realize probably, that. Yeah. He will probably do another podcast. I've texted with him, and he's like, talk to my agent, but he'll do it. So. All right. All right. All right, the good old microscope. Are they going to cut to the way no, he's saying? Turn it up. Least... Turn it up. No. What would a phantom pill be doing in your mouth? Oh, it's what a mystery. Oh, that's the callback. Ew, ew. No, just, I just want to confirm. That is very strange. I'm looking. Look, everyone. <laughs> it's funny, right? What's this thing? Like, I watched this movie a couple minutes because I was like, I love Dave Thomas. I didn't know he made another movie. Mm -hmm. uh, he was he directed this film it just seems pedestrian like there's no like they just did the grossest thing ever and it doesn't rise like the music weighs it down this the set weighs it down it's just, it's just oh, not a good film and it's very unfunny many times now you consider dave foley artist she's bumping into david foley and she's like that's Dr. Whiteside, the heart surgeon, just like I want to be. Like, you know, how do I look? And he's introducing himself to her, and he's just being a pompous ass. Yeah, let's hear. That sounds like my doctor. You know my doctor, Carl? Dr. Vinny Booba? <laughs> yeah. Where? Roddy Dangerfield. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> My mom. You would always do a joke like that, like you know. Doctor. Uh, and then he he had a special where Andy Kaufman played his doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, look at all that food, Carl. Yeah, lots of it. Do you like cafeteria food at the hospital? Um. Only when there's no other food and you're like, I'm starving and dad's not dead yet. <laughs> That's the greatest part about eating at the hospital is that your mind's on something else. It really <laughs> doesn't matter what you're eating. You know, you'll be like, well, I can eat my worries away. I'll take two, please. <laughs> or I, I need something just to pick on while I stare out in space. The only people who actually eat the meals are probably the, those guys, the doctors and stuff. There's no patients in there anyway. I have no patients for this movie. <laughs> the only patients you'll see are, no, you'll see many patients. What am I talking about? 
Now, turn it up. This is a very unfunny thing. Okay, it keeps going on. Oh, it stopped. It stopped. That was the last line. He had the last laugh. Now, this is actually funny. She's like, are you sexually active? And she goes, no. She goes, no. I'm, I'm, I just lay there. And then he's like, you're pregnant. Do you know who the father is? And she goes, no, who? Oh, that's there's good. There's funny stuff in this, but there's also lots of unfunny things. So much so that it's not a good movie. I was half expecting like a musical. This music is like predominant. Like I still have the hook from the last comedy bit. Well, that bass was like, oh, gross. This is why you should eat afterwards. Now, in this scene, like they're telling him, you got to watch the EKG. And he's like, don't tell me, intern. And then the guy dies, you know. Gotcha. This was shot before COVID, I take it. Because no one's wearing masks. Well, Mike, I wanted to bring that up. Nobody wears a surgical mask during surgery. It's crazy. Now, is this Canadian healthcare at its finest, Carl? Do you want to get on your soapbox about Canadian healthcare? I oh, birds my gullet. What is what's they have universal healthcare? That's good. Yeah, they need except no surgery, uh, no masks during surgery. Uh oh, late for surgery. Right, he's supposed to be assisting as an intern, and he's not. Huh. It's very hard for me to watch because that's my father on the operating table. On the table. I had to sue. I had to sue Dave Thomas. Now, a lot of people may not recognize Dave Thomas, the actor, and when they hear Dave Thomas, they what think they... Wendy's hamburgers. Oh, okay. Because he was, what, the owner, at least spokesperson for, for decades, television spokesperson. He was the owner, and his daughter was not a spokesperson, but the the um, logo. Right. He had a lot of charity events. I actually went into a, a Wendy's maybe 30 years ago, and uh -huh. I got a free paperback written by Dave Thomas about the importance of family. And his he does a lot of work with adoptions and stuff like that. It did. Had like a foundation. Uh, I don't know. But Just isn't to give he a shout like out. A right wing uh, villain. Was he? I don't I know the story if he wrong. was estranged from his daughter, like him and his daughter didn't talk or something. I don't know the story of when Dave Thomas of Wendy's. I just <laughs> think he's like super conservative and, and, and the left likes to not like him. I think. I think the left didn't like the baked potatoes. They were dry, you know. No, you know, actually the baked potatoes are the best thing in Wendy's. 
I like the chili. Yeah. Baconators, eight strips of bacon. Wow. Holy, holy bacon. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, is the guy dead? Yeah, the guy's way dead. And we saw him trying to get, like, his heart shocked back to life. And it wasn't successful. And we got the dumb joke that um, Mike Bonart, who's a doctor, a doctor's kid, that guy, uh, was getting shocked at the same time, you know, because the thing was touching him. So now our meanie, Dave, uh, Dave Foley, has sent him down, this intern person, to tell the family that uh, the, their dad is dead. He's still working on the dad. No, he dropped inside like some sort of clamp or something. He's trying to get it back, and the heart will start beating. He'll come back to life, which is inexplicable. Well, wait a minute. What about the clamp? Did he at least get it back? No, he doesn't get the clamp back. Clamp back. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, yeah, that's good about the life. So he doesn't get paid for this as an intern? He saved this guy's life. Well, I think you pay for college, and this is part of college, right? Okay. But at least, you know, the guy could Venmo him some money. Thanks for, for, you know, putting the comments, saving my life. 50 Canadian dollars. <laughs> now, um, he sends him downstairs to stop that nerdy kid from telling the family that the dad is dead. But meanwhile... Um, the nerdy kid who's Mike Bonnert in our film, he, he is downstairs telling the wrong family that their dad is dead. Oh my god. Alright, here we go. Well, that's pretty funny. That's National Lampoon. Uh, on no, let's, hear, let's hear the music. Is the music like do, 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 wah, wah, do, 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 wah, wah. What a good guess you had, right? The violins. I, I don't know why my credits of Matt Brewer are not here. I mean, I printed the document. We all know. We've talked about Matt, uh, Matt Brewer a lot on this, on this show. He yes, was, of course. And I think he is an underserved, like his career was not as good as it should have been. That guy is a funny, funny, funny fucker. And he just didn't get, you would think with Max Headroom, he would go on to do, no, he, he ended up being a Star Trek connection in our bad movie podcast. And he's all over YouTube, right? He got the wrong roles at the wrong times. This guy was, is really funny. He should have been a big star. I would argue that he handled that whole Max Headroom phenomenon during the eighties pretty well. The uh -huh. fact that he was, it was originally what a BBC show. Uh, then it was an ABC show, but it was also spokesperson for a global campaign by Coca-Cola. And he had, you know, then after the narrative television show ended, he had like an interview show. Uh-huh. And uh sang a song with Art of Noise, Paranormia. And then uh so that's that character, you know, like some people can just live off of that and done or just, you know, have it hang I and found he, him. he 
had his own sitcom. Remember Doctor Doctor, that horrible show that lasted years. Um. He did have his own sitcom, Doctor Doctor. I found him now. I just I had buried him in my notes here. Max Headroom right. in '85 and '87 television series of the same name. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, he's not even on on the screen, and we're talking about him. Uh, Mike Stratford in Doctor Doctor from '89 to '91. That's not uh, bad. That's a good run. Wait, I don't understand. I said that he should have been a bigger star, and you're saying he was a bigger star? I mean, he 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 was a lead in a sitcom. He he's a character actor. I, mean, I remember him in Watchmen, two thousand nine, five uh, years from now. So he's our Star Trek connection. He was in an episode called A Matter of Time, and I enjoy it. Enjoyed it. We saw him. Yeah, we already talked about it. National Lampoon Senior Trip as Principal Todd Moss, and he was in Going the Distance. Going the Distance. But you mentioned he was in one of the um, Speed Zone. I, I Campbell yeah, Run sequels. Yeah, I forgot that. Oh, the families were revolting, right? They smell. Yes. They've been sitting there for a long time. Well, he went to two wrong families, and then. Dr. Foley came into the correct family and said, your, your dad's going to be fine. So they, they're up in arms. Thank God that bit's over. Is the music changing so violent? Ooh, no music. Doesn't it sound better without the music? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. That's another argument about the tone of this film. It's all over the place. So this is like a procedural now, like it's a medical show. Well, now we're learning that they have no professors today. They have to go and pretend like they're real doctors and help patients because they're short-staffed. You see, Dave Thomas made a big deal. I, I read an interview about him with him about this film and I saw a video which was an interview with him promoting this film he went across Canada trying to make this film something and right. in all of it he says that this is an indictment of the Canadian medical system he was saying like roads bridges highways we they're all 19 roads bridges highways hospitals like he starts talking about like this 1950s model for things and and how it just doesn't apply to today and it hasn't been updated so this is his statement about how hospitals are falling apart oh it's love interest sweet so you know not that these guys aren't interchangeable but they, did they get a blowjob today that blowjob couple yeah that is not blowjob couple but the guy on the left got the blowjob now gotcha. that is pat kelly in real life he's dale dodd and he's the womanizer and, right, and he is good comedic partners with Peter Oldring, who was the guy who went and told the wrong family their dad was dead, okay? So gotcha. he is a like trying to be a womanizer. He came on to the head nurse. He got a BJ from Mitzi, and now he's starting to have a serious relationship with this one. So the thing is, what are you telling me about this guy? Like, is he the womanizer or is he the serious boyfriend? And the film doesn't do any character arc with him. Like, he's the womanizer, but now because of his love for her, he's becoming the serious boyfriend. 
There's none Which is of what that. we would expect. That's a great point because that's what would happen because we just watched them dilly dally in the in the aisles. I, for some reason, I feel like they're going to be selling me something. Like it has well, a quality of a good commercial. There really is no plot to this film. Rather, there's comedy bit, comedy bit, comedy bit, comedy bit. And then some of the characters have mini subplots. So this is like, this is not like a day in the life or like at the end of the day, the hospital has to close and they're racing for something. Well, uh, at the end of the film, uh, as, okay, getting us into act three, uh, the three doctor interns, the three male interns, get into a lot of trouble and they're going to get kicked out. But then there was like a bus crash and all these people filled the ER and it was them who like saved the day. One of the people they saved was a billionaire. And so he donates to the hospital a quadrillion dollars cool. and then they're not kicked out because they saved the day. But that's as far as we go for plot, you know. Canadian billionaire. I created ketchup red, uh, potato chips. Right. In Canadian money, he is a billionaire. In American money, he's a high millionaire. Yeah. High millionaire. Stallionaire, as McDonald's would say. So now, like, they're going to have to deliver a baby. And remember, they're just students. Although they've been all the way through med school, this is their the final period on the end of a sentence for a doctor to be... No, now you're out in the real world with, with real patients. And so what we're learning is, like, this is their first time being real doctors, and they got to go all the way and be real doctors. Now, and nobody wears just, surgical masks. I have a bad movie beef, and this is what it, this seems exactly it. Uh -huh. Is that if you're going to do, like, a child being born comedy bit, do it at the end of the movie. How can you top that? How can you top giving birth? You can do another hour of show? Like, that should be the finale. I, okay. You know, Freddie Got Fingered, whether you love it or hate it, he's delivering <laughs> babies 20 minutes into that movie. Probably why I hate that film, honestly. But that's just well, like... Well, we'll never see the baby born. It's ridiculous. just a comedic bit. There's no payoff? I'm like, of course we want to see the baby born. Just pay, move on. Have the baby with a cigar and a little hat saying, I did it, you know? Okay, so his mom will come in, because she's a, a gynecologist, and she will, like, save the woman's life. And then Peter will be mad. You, is it intern mom's visit day? And <laughs> Not that the it's, kid's okay. It's not good. It's not good. I'm sorry I made you watch this three times, <laughs> two times. Yes. This is my yeah. fourth time, yes. Brutal. <clears throat> they're, they're having cutesy-cutesy love things. There's like, somebody thinks that the bed that four people died in in a row is haunted. And I don't know. It's not good. He's under oh, there. There's Right. Now, in real life, Why didn't you deliver my kid? Oh, no. I'm not here. You're here. I see you. Go in there and do your job. Mr. Bonner and I are perfect. Okay, there we go. 
It's the music. I can't listen to it. In real life, she is, her name's Sue Huff, and she's a politician, politician from Alberta, Canada. She was the acting leader of the Alberta Party from November 23rd, 2010 to May 2011, and she served as a public school trustee from Edmonton, which is where this is filmed. So now How this is, that's, that's great. Yeah. So maybe because this is government finance, she's in the film. I don't know. But the thing is, this is 2004 be before she became a, like a prominent politician. So I kind of don't get it. Well, is it, was she like an actor or a comedian? Maybe she was like one of those comedians who were like a little politically act and then just moved into politics. Well, when you look her up on IMDb, this is her only credit, and it just talks about her as a politician. And she is like almost exactly my age. That's the only other interesting thing about her to me. Well, that's great that she was given birth back in 2004, Carl. Way to go. You, yeah. Woo. Oh, that's mom, right? Give me hugs. Yeah, or something like that. Huggy boos. Uh, way to kill the moment. Carl, you gonna talk about the quality of that guy? Oh, the guys. Well, those guys are there for obviously they had an accident. Their butts have yeah. cracks right down the middle. Right down the middle. Oh, finally, scene two with the. That was it. Our second scene. I've seen more scene. Oh, third scene. No, no, he'll be out throughout the film. This is no cameo. In what? Oh, he'll be in the rest of the movie? Yeah. He'll be in scene 17, scene 19, scene 19A, as regulated in the movie Canadian Film Guild. He's going to get it on? I'm missing this movie. Oh, it's well, done by Dan Aykroyd. Did you like it? Very nice, Michael. Thank you. I was impersonating Dan Aykroyd in the movie from 2004. But I'm serious about Dan Aykroyd. In terms of his acting, he is one note. He's always Dan Aykroyd. Always. Yeah, but there's a certain madness to his method, right? There's a certain, like, ha-ha, the absurdity of life while listening to bureaucratic on while just opposed against supernatural forces. I mean, is there a joke to it? I mean, some people have a stick that lasts because it, it resonates through your soul. Like, there must be something that that clings when you see Dan Aykroyd perform. I mean, I've seen him in hundreds of movies. Aykroyd, he sounds exactly the same. Right, but I'm saying like there must be a reason for that. Like, what is the yeah, point laziness, of, of that style? Laziness. Come on, let's act. Be a different but, person. But I'm saying like, comedy-wise, there's always like a, a spark that you always like. You watch Mike Myers because he has this something silly about life in him. Great example. Great example. Mike Myers will be right. Austin Powers, but he will be Doctor Evil in the very same movie. 100% different guy. You will see him in all of his uh, Saturday Night Live sketches. 
He's in the bathtub going bum water. He's a completely different guy. He's um uh, party time. Excellent. Right, yeah. He's got range. Range. There's, but there's always like a spark. Like you keep coming back because you enjoy the view he has. Like the there's something comedic that you know you see in Adam Sandler, you see in him. What about Dan Aykroyd? There must be a reason why I keep watching his movies. No, it's the same like laundry list. So anyway, but, uh, this is funny because they just met in the waiting room and now they're all kissy kissy. And then we find out like she's got chlamydia and herpes and everything. And so he has to be like, put on the brakes. Oh, the doctor's about to announce it in front of him. I'm here to give you a chlamydia shot. Oh, look at that. He wipes his mouth off. <laughs> Oh, there's the Jaws music in the background. So that's it. This movie is a series of comedic bits. Oh, I yeah. can't watch this scene. Uh, I invite you, audience, to watch it, but there will be poop all over Peter. Cost me bag joke? Yes, and I'm not looking right. at the camera. You let me know when it's over. All right, I'll let you know. There's no need for me to uh, do an intro to let you know when it's over. I will I'll tell you when it's over. Oh my God, it's still not over, girl. Now this was all filmed in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and they're in a real hospital. This hospital was getting sold, and so it was emptied, and the government said you can have it for this cheap, cheap amount. Now the government gave four and a half. Seems over. Four and a half million dollars for this film. And the thing is, it was funded 100% by the government. Now, one of the things Dave Thomas was saying in his interviews, both the one I read and saw, is that, like, in Canada, the government will give you 75% of the budget, but you got to come up with that other 25, and that okay. always fills you, you know, trying to find it. So did he ask for like Edna to sponsor this movie or is there product placement? Do they drink like Canadian Coke or something? Canadian club? No, like I just told you, this is one of the rare occasions in which they were able to have it a hundred percent funded. So it was a walk 100%. in the park. Now there was a producer, his name is Josh Miller. He went to Dave Thomas and said, look, I got a way I can get a movie a hundred percent funded, but you got to come up with the movie. So, Dave Thomas had in his mind this a long time ago, but it was going to be a TV show. And then Scrubs came out, and he was like, ah, God damn it. So right. this guy came to him and said, hey, movie. And that's why he threw this together. They are on a date. In She said, I'll go on a date with you, but only if we're working, which I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So this is the date. And he's got wine, and she's softening up and really liking him. And when you yeah. mentioned Scrubs, this movie, I could see it in a different light. Like it, mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit more watchable, I guess, if I kind of view it like that. Okay. So like Dave Thomas wanted to do a t a sitcom, like yeah, yeah. And and this movie was what ended up happening when he when when Scrubs came out, he was just like, I'm not even gonna bother. So. This was uh, released as White... Okay, this was going to be White Coats. That was the title 
that um, Dave Thomas wanted. And when it was released on DVD in the United States, they went with the name White Coats. Okay. But in Canada, the marketing people were like, White Coats isn't funny. It doesn't let you know it's a comedy. Let's make it called Intern Academy. Intern Academy. And they did it because of the Police Academy movies. They right. thought it would subliminally make you think it was a comedy. Well, I, I actually went to Intern Academy, and then when I was done, I had learned the tools to become an intern. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm actually, I, I'm really in the hole. I didn't really think this through. Because I have to, I have loans from Intern Academy, and then my internship doesn't cover it. So now um, we're getting another comedic bit in which she's like, I need a blood urine and stool sample and he's like what what and then the wife goes he needs your underwear that's a good joke now, now we have a sex bit and which she's like not there for ogbyn stuff but he's and she's like don't leave she gets all horny uh is this the same room they shot it in I every scene i don't know they had a whole oh, hospital man. Okay, now here's the maid, and she's unplugging life support so she can plug in her vacuum. Uh, it's just another comedic bit. I'm... What our title is? Let us watch a full-length movie. Sometimes movies you can't watch by yourself, even though you had watched this. Now they think they're finding the ghost, and then they find because the ghost she keeps unplugging it. Right, so we find out that it's been her. She's killed three or four people by unplugging their life support while she vacuums. She's the night nurse. Remember, like, the killer who, like, kills people in their night? In the night? Sister of Mercy? Nurse of Mercy. Well, is she going to go to jail? Are we going to watch that? Well, like, they're going to take her to Dan Aykroyd to, like, she doesn't speak English. She speaks Russian. Uh, is he going to speak Russian back to her? Well, that'll be the joke. Uh, but I already I saw that coming. So it's the middle of the night. You see, Dan Aykroyd never leaves the hospital. He lives there. No problem. This sounds like Spanish to me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Russian. But wait till you hear him talk. It's clearly Russian. You understood her? Of course I understood her. I don't hire people I don't understand. I go to the Ukraine a couple of times a year, bring back a dozen of them, help them get their landed immigrant status. Go back, get a dozen more. Call it a, an internship for cleaning ladies. She knows what you did wrong. Oh, my God. Okay, go on. That's not You understood that, didn't you? Huh? Of Dan Aykroyd, scene three. Do an account. <laughs> now, this it's guy, good. here's Matt Frewer. And turn it up because he's like, it's funny. All right. I was just going to say, this might be the most recent film I've seen Dan Aykroyd in. 2004? 
Now we saw. Now I I meant for you to turn it up at this earlier. Never mind. Um, Dan Aykroyd we saw in Diamond with Kurt. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So that and was five years prior. He did Gross Point Blank that year. Um, right. And Big he scene. was a member of the Order of Canada in 1999, which is the second highest honor for, of like, it's kind of like being knighted or something. So he's Sir Dan Aykroyd in Canada? No, they don't go by Sir, but it's like that same sort of prestigious government award. OBE, eh? OBE. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm happy there's no music to it, but this, I'm telling you the, the direction, and maybe it's just because they had to get it in and get it out. It's just back and forth, right? Yeah. Like little visual yeah. ping pong. It's just a lot of not funny stuff. And like, like, um, Mitzi will say to, um, okay, let's see here. I got her. Um, her name's uh, Christine Lee in the movie, Jane McLean. She's the Asian one there. She'll go, Mitzi will go, do I look Amish with this hairstyle? It's like a lot of unfunny jokes. Do you feel that when people crank out movies and they appear on like Film Rise or what have you, that there's a certain genre they need to hit? So if it's action, they have certain action points. And this is like the best we could do for comedy. You're gonna crank out a comedy. It's not gonna really elevate more than this. I mean, they they shoot the scenes, they get in, they get out. Yeah, but Dave Thomas does not consider. I'm gonna just crank out some movie. He it was all the hundred percent behind this. This was his baby. He thinks this is a work of art. It has a lot of heavy hitters. I mean, I love Dave Thomas. You know. I don't know. I I can't I can't defend it. It's not funny. It, nothing really happens. There's no. They seem confused. They were going to get their ass whipped at the end of the film. I got that. <laughs> so um, there's something funny which you'll consider racist because it is. Uh, he has Peter do the surgery, and then um, Christine Lee is like, "I'll do it," and he goes, "Hold on, Miss MSG." Got it. You you heard it at the perfect time. He called him Doogie Hauser. Well, that's not fair. Doogie was a lot younger than he was. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that is true. That's you as like a. I could see you like. I could see myself knowing me as a comedy host, me as a doctor. Like right, all right, your next doctor coming on to perform. <laughs> You know, he's a good writer. Give it up for what does he mean by good writer? Now I can't concentrate. Now he is um we're gonna see a disgusting throw up in the cadaver scene now. All right. And I won't be watching. I've already seen a man covered in shit, a baby being born, and we're not even an hour into this film. Right. Well now he's gonna Ralph into Ralph's chest. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. 
I'm not watching. Well, there's a continuity error, obviously, around his face. Oh, you stopped watching. Now, there were working titles for this film. It was called An Intern's Diary, and that was because we had the voiceover. You know right. White Coats. That's the one they ended up with. And... Um, in Italian, when this film was released, it was La Papital Pu Sexy del Mundo, which is the sexiest hospital in the world, which I don't think is appropriate. I don't know. That cadaver looks pretty hot. Look at that nose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Is he you, doing nose jokes? You nose organs. Yes. Well, he's not doing a nose joke, but but... Now they those Oregon jokes are awful. The the setup was this cadaver's unidentified, so we can do whatever the fuck we want with them. And then they're like, they've identified the cadaver's family. And oh, they're there right there. Yeah. The kids. And the body's covered in puke, Carl? Yes. With no nose nose cut off. Do you think he has like a Joel McHale kind of like acting style? I don't know who that is. Uh, he was in stuff. Oh yeah, uh, he's I in mean, an animal. I see what you're yeah. Now Dave Thomas will just rib Peter. You know, I don't yeah. know what's worse: puking in a cadaver or telling the wrong family that. You he said, um, you should go to, um, you should be a doctor at a, like, a Christian science center. Or a oh, that's clever. I haven't heard that one before, says every Christian scientist. The worst so part about like, hurting, oh, go ahead, Carl. Right. Well, it doesn't matter. It never pays off. There's no plot throughout this whole film. All right, well, I was going to make a Christian scientist joke, but I, I think I uh, I won't. So Finally, he's strip club. saying, like, you should go out and take your mind off of it. So they all go to this Edmonton strip club, and uh, that's what we'll see. Where they, they're fully dressed? You didn't want that. I, they don't use the same ratings we do here in the States. He said, I'll get an R rating in the States, but I don't want an X rating. But the point of this scene is we'll find out that Nitsy is a stripper at night because she's oh. everything sexy, sexy in this whole film. Well, isn't that the old canard that you have to strip your way to, to medical school? She, she will say that. She'll say that to Peter. She'll now get into a serious relationship with Peter, and that'll be the thing. She's doing this to get through med school. So now they're just bumping into Mitzi, not realize, you know, finding out she's a stripper, and she's really good. And there's six people on stage, and now she's going to be like, wait a minute, these one-third of my audience are my coworkers? Right. I didn't notice it till now. And so she'll be embarrassed, just like she was with the sperm in the mouth. She'll run away. 
Peter! Peter? Hi, Missy. What? what? Co-workers! Clip, 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 clip. Oh, heels make you run so silly. Yeah, let's rewind that. So now, once again, we'll have not funny stuff in which Peter tries to prove that, like, like trying to make, I don't know, take away the embarrassment, he'll start stripping. Oh, that's terrible. Is she in the poster? They walked into a strip club and didn't see Naughty Nurse. There's Naughty Nurse, yeah. Oh, man. This is the most awkward bachelorette party I've been to. This Bachelor is, party. um... Look, he'll start taking off his clothes to try to make... I don't know, it's dumb. And then... But they've already, they've already did it, right? Like, is he trying to flirt with her? No. She had... She gave a blowjob to... Peter. Uh, oh. Wait, am I backwards here? Hold on a second. Pat Kelly is who we're watching. Dave, yeah, right. This is Pat Kelly, who's Dave Dodd. No, no, Pat Kelly's the womanizer one, and this is Peter Olring, who's the nerd one with Dr. Parents. And so she gave a BJ to Pat Kelly, and now she'll sleep with, she'll become the boyfriend of Peter Olring. And the joke will be he's got a huge... Uh, dick. He's got a huge dick. That's all right. That's I bet that's what she said. <laughs> now, Chris... almost, uh... go ahead, Carl. Please. Well, now Chris, he will inspire Christine Lee to hit the girl. She'll hit. She'll incorrectly put it in her butt. The stripper will freak out, and then. Uh, Marlin will give her a bunch of money, and she goes, if you keep these Benjamins coming, you can put your whole fist in there. And they'll go, ew, I'm out of here. And they'll all leave. All right, well, this movie got interesting. Is it? This might be the American X-ray version. Hey! Also, it's American money, right, Carl? Yes. So is this America? No, it has no value in Canada. Actually, I guess this is America. I don't know. I never even thought about it. There you go. Fist in my ass. We're out of here. Right. Exactly. Way to walk a room. So now we'll see his huge dick. And that'll be another hilarious comedic. You see the candle that looks like a dick? She's all about sex, this girl. Well, that looks like one of those uh, water carriers. Whatever you drink from. What's what? the drink? What's in it? It's Pink lemonade uh, and lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So Nothing when his dick gets exposed, uh, Peter will be like, "You think I'm a freak?" Like the joke is, he thinks like having a big one means you're weird and people won't like you and and she okay. likes. Yeah, and she has a stripper pole for practice in her room. Yeah, and she's telling a story about how when somebody moved out, they just left it. I don't know. Is it funny? Explains why it's there. Oh, boy. I cannot wait till next episode because we'll be watching a different film. This movie really wore you down, huh? 
Is this it? Is this the one that broke your back? Well, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is not good at all. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, this is not good at all. But by the time I'm getting to you seeing it, I'm like, oh, this is such yeah. a we watched a few films on Film Rise. They have a couple of gems yeah, in there, but that's right. for the most for the most part, like they just grab whatever they can, and and a lot of times it's just things that was released or wasn't released or was released somehow on somewhere, but it wasn't like. And then it shows up in Film Rise. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some very funny things in this film, but but they're in between the not funny things. So right. And, and and you do that to me, and then you don't give me a plot at all. What's the adventures of? So now right, she's discovering the dick, and this is what he's been scared of. Don't make fun. Same sound I make. Oh, oh there you God. go. Full frontal. You think I'm a freak? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Super freak. <laughs> In a good way. In a very good way. Oh. Now, this scene is one of the few times they're not in the hospital. And yeah, that's true. When I first saw it, I started thinking to myself, he has a very nice apartment filled with very nice things. How is it? Okay, now we have the Christmas party and two things will happen. Um, Cindy Lee here will be encouraged to drink and she will drink way too much and she'll get crazy. Okay. The only other thing is Marlon will sleep with the head nurse and she's a great actress in the scene pretending... I'll ask you to turn up the sound at that point because she really should win an Oscar for her. Her, you just believe her. It's just a good. It's a good acting. In my right, she goes. Drink one. A different it's person. Like the other one. Going to be the actress I was talking about. The head nurse. What's in there? Oh my god. I wouldn't say this movie is long, but didn't this film start during the Halloween? <laughs> what? I mean, it's already Canadian Christmas. Um. What? Okay, so this film is like the last uh, semester of a doctor's life, and it Dave Thomas actually talked about that. That means it goes over the Christmas break, or the last year, so there's two semesters. So they got to do the Christmas party, and he was really happy about that because he was like, there's a lot I could do with that, and I did. So this is the middle of the movie then because it's yeah. in between semesters? Yeah, well, they don't, they're don't. they not so good like that to be that. This there's, there's about 40 minutes left in this film. Christmas with the Cranks, was that, that a Dan Aykroyd? Was that, maybe that was after this. Maybe that's the most recent Dan Aykroyd film I've seen. Let's see. Now, my Dan Aykroyd stuff is limited in my research because you He's know Dan I'm Aykroyd. so wet right. So I just have, like, 
that he was a member of the Order of Canada, that he was in Diamonds, which we saw, um, I don't know. In 99, yeah. he was in Gross Point Blank. I have that written down. Why? Why? I don't know. It was a good role. He was funny in that. That's that's when his listing, listing banalities of bureaucracy while they murder people is funny because it's a ironic contrast. <laughs> yeah. He wanted him to be in a union. Right, yeah, all for health care. And then he would always sing popcorn. Memorable. Oh, so now they're introducing the band. And he goes, Dr. So-and-so, uh, Dr. Blah, Blah, Blah on bass. And he goes, and for a limited time from intensive care, you know, and he says this patient's, you know, the drummer. He's doing Stephen Strange. This is what happened right before the accident. In this right? Place. He went to a pompous party and he drank uh, drank up and he talked about his hand surgery. Mm-hmm. And then he got in an accident where his hands got damaged. And then shaky, he went. Yeah, they were super shaky. But Dave Foley won't have that. Uh, he'll just, it's just more of him being a pompous ass. That's all. He, he does that throughout this whole film. And the comeuppance is. He won't get any comeuppance. You see, this intern, like, hates him for his conceit. And then they're going... Now, she was in Senior Trip, too. She played a woman, a girl named Candy in Senior Trip. And I don't notice her from it. Her career was really... I don't know. She was in Stargate SG-1 in 97. She was in a bunch of stuff, but it's not impressive. Uh... In 2010, she was Lori Unger in the HBO Canada series Living in Your Car. Um, wow. But that wasn't a documentary. Psychotherapist Dr. Laura Keating in Sci Fi's film, you know, in 2006. Uh, he has lots of credits and none of them distinguish her. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, they got the last laugh on her, too. Look, he's now those are the guys, guys we saw earlier, so they're still right. throwing their butt off. Now we're getting like she's super drunk and she's gonna get more super drunk and then she'll start stripping. Did she just order a martini and the guy's like, No problem. Right. And she goes, Two more, please, and he goes, No problem. No problem. Here you go. Just happen to have two martini glasses filled to the guy there. <laughs> You sure you want a martini or the punch? The punch okay, is right on the camera. Turn counter. it up. This is very good. She's a very good actress. Her name's Linda Boyd, and she's been in a bunch of stuff. Leave up the sound. Leave up the sound. What a good actress. Leave it up. That's it. That's it. It was a tittle. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, there's um, more. They were both in I Spy together. 
Now, would I spy the movie version that came out in the 2000s, a, a TV version that came out rec more recently, or? This was the Eddie Murphy star vehicle in 2002. It was a movie, and yes. uh, it was like his big break. That was the film that, that was his like highest, most successful film. Nowadays, he's in Hallmark movies, but. Um, well, that's a step up from this film. Oh, she is tripping. I guess it is. Now, I want to hear the Ian Thomas strip about a girl. She was in Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. I bet you love that. Um, sure. If I can remember it. She was in, for six seasons, she was on a CBS uh, a TV show called Republic of Doyle. Right. I remember those six seasons. Canadian broadcasting system? I think it was a re just regular TV. She was on Thin Ice with Diane Keaton. She's the man in 2006. Wow. Final Destination, An Unfinished Life, About a Girl. I must have seen her in all these films. Yeah, but the thing is, she's like one of those people who plays, like she played Jennifer Lopez's boss, Owen Wilson's confidant, right. you know, Leslie Nielsen's wife. She's like always the, the one you don't notice. I mean, you like her in the film, but you don't walk away. Thinking about her, you know. I remember the scene. Now, Viv, who's the African American guy there, uh, yeah, he was in 2002. He was in I Spy. He was in Are We There Yet? And the, you know, he was in Hot Tub Time Machine, but the little Great. part. Uh, the Thaw with Val Kilmer. He he was on Netflix Lost in Space. It's just one of the colonists. Um, but nowadays he's in Hallmark films. Yeah, a step up. I mean, uh... so now like they're all hung over, and so the nurse is giving them high, you know, IVs to hydrate them. This is ridiculous. This movie never ends, Carl. It's like I a know. runaway it train. It doesn't. It doesn't, and it's not going to get better. But our third act will be of medical drama and emergencies and that will kind of give us the vibe like it's a good film for a quick second how do you handle movies like this Carl I mean okay I just I mean, got my ad I was telling you about did you get one okay no not yet what should I do go ahead girl nothing okay my ad's over already it was one of those seven second ones I think the audience is somehow going to get off with us, and I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. Guys. Watch it on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. I'm at 106.02.3.4. Uh, I'm at 105. Darn it. Tell me again your time. 106.13. Okay. Tell me when you're at 23. Sounds good. 20, 21, 2... 23. Okay, I am back in sync with you. Great. Yeah, they're all leaving the table and they left. Well, because Marlon was being a real sexist pig. Like, you were dancing naked and I missed it. Let me see your titties. And she's like, fuck you, Marlon. And they leave. And, and then Sexy Girl is like, oh, the girls are leaving. I guess that means I have to leave with them. And so she but gets she up and leaves. Show? Yeah. She's like, okay, I'll show. Oh, no, they're leaving. I won't. 
This movie is great, Carl. What a great pick. I yeah, think. what a great movie. Now we're getting a segment in which everyone's sleepy, tired from being overworked, and that will be our segment. And it doesn't no. lead anywhere. It doesn't do anything. They got folders. Oh, what a nice kiss. Here you go. Time to make the donuts. All right so, over. Look at that hand. That's the joke. Oh, what more? Uh. <laughs> same so we just room. Keep getting it over and over and over and over. It's the same room, Carl. They only yeah. shot in one room. Now she goes, I need someone to look at my breasts. Sometimes okay. it's funny. Most of the time, it is not funny. You're jealous of the headroom guy at this point. <laughs> at least he's delirious. We comedic bit. Comedic bit. Here comes another comedic bit. Well, I, you know, I don't know if you know. I went to pre. I was pre med intern. Oh, were you? Yeah, I, I learned how to be a pre med intern. It's really interesting. Uh-huh. They get paid. Oh. Ghost face. Lots of funny I'm sleepy thing. Okay, oh, now he is... goes, there's a guy with an erection. And so they're, you know, like one of those Viagra too long erections. So they're like, I'll take the erection. That's standing attention. They've been the same sleepy people. Right? We've seen the same people sleeping in different locations. Yeah. Oh my God, this film. Yeah, I know. So now we find out that, okay, this nurse, her big plan, her name's Carly, by the way, and she's in Hallmark movies nowadays, but she had a bit of a career. Carly Pope is her name. And she was in The Collector. She was in Suits. She was in Arrow. And nowadays she's in Hallmark. But she set us up before, like, she was going to be a nurse in Kenya. Then she was going to move on to be a nurse in, uh, she mentioned someplace in Europe. Uh, she was going to travel the world as a nurse. And she got her papers or whatever to go to Africa. But now she's like, but I kind of love you. So we're going to get a whole not Good. moving romance thing here are you a fan of those 70s movies about night nurses you know like the know. nurses i don't know it, it was samuel z arkoff it was like these roger corman made a series of new line cinema films where it was like the naughty nurses and there was also serious <laughs> movies but it was a kind of a formulaic film where i know what you're talking about yeah. i guess i was not a fan of those i don't think i've ever seen even one i don't think i've seen any of them you know, the like, naughty nurses Yeah. By day, they're stewardess. By night, nurses. They have sex. Um, right. Dave Thomas, one of the serious bugaboos, pet peeves of Dave Thomas is, like, other countries make a movie, and then they send it to the United States. But what Canada does is it sends all its talent to the United States, and the movies are made in the U.S. You know, he was like, we need to make movies here in Canada and then release them in the U.S. 
if we're going to have a serious film industry. I don't think the government made Jim Carrey move to the United States. No, L.A. did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's opportunity in the States. So that's what Dave Thomas is saying. What we need to do is have a strong um, industry and let our movies be shown in the States. Now, um, he's complaining. He, I already told you the thing, like, the government will give you 75%. you got to come up with the other 25%. That's right. really wrong. He also says that the government funds the making of the film, the distribution of the film, but they don't fund the marketing. So he got called to court to speak in front of the Canadian government. Why was this film a flop? And he had to say, because you guys don't market it. You spent $250,000 on marketing. That's nothing. He says, you might as well put those into savings bonds and give them to your kids. You'll make more money that way. Really, the government held a trial. Why was your movie not popular? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I, uh, piece of shit. I don't know. Rude. Uh, uh, exterior okay. shot, hanging out. The chairs, feet on the chairs, usual hospital stuff. I'm so sick of this hospital and their Apple products. Yeah, That's an old well, school computer. Oh, yeah, it's Apple. The actual hardware is in that dome. You just press a button on the dome and it lights up your, your monitor. Cool. This hospital they were going to demolish, huh? Uh, no, there it was being sold, so it was oh, empty yeah. until it was after the sale, and so they got an opportunity. Great. That explains uh, Dave Thomas's other movie, Chaos at the Sausage Factory, uh, the Lunatics of the Abandoned Library, Inanimate. <laughs> Uh, Ontario Fire Station hijinks before demolition. I wanted to find for you when he was in front of the uh, Canadian government defending himself, but I can't seem to find in my notes. That seems like such a low blow to be uh, an artist, write and direct and star in a movie, and then you get money from the government and then have to go and explain to the government why it's a piece of work. A piece of art. Yeah, wasn't successful. Oh, look at all the organs. How awful. Oh, yeah. We're going to have an awful scene now. We're going to have Peter find out um, that um, uh, uh, that Mike got a blowjob. Not Mike. Whatever. Peter, he got a blowjob from from sexy girl and then he's going to freak out about it and they're going to start throwing organs oh. at each other and that will kind of get him kicked out of school and that will lead us into our third act where they save the day and don't get kicked out uh if they're going to be organ grinders at least they can have the little monkey <laughs> in 2005 Writer-director Dave Thomas testifying to the Canadian politicians at the House of Commons in Ottawa blamed the failure on the movie because TVA films mishandling of the marketing campaign. 
They spent $250,000 on television advertising. It's about 20 spots. Right. It is nothing for a broad-based commercial movie. You might as well save the money. You might as well put it in bonds and give it to your children. The Research House Decima surveyed Canada Canadians, and 90% had not even heard of the film. So he's got a point. He's got a point. You do three, you do two legs of this three-legged table. You don't market the film, and then you want to blame. Okay, now I'm going to stop watching because they're doing. I'll let you know when this is over. This Thank is my you. First... Hey, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> what am I, whole liver? They're throwing hearts at uh, each other. I've heard of kidney stones passing, but this is ridiculous. Do I kidney passing? No. It's ridiculous. There's lots of Jane Doe cadavers over the years, and they he's got a dead body as a human shield. Oh, and uh, they're basically throwing away years of research here because you can't use these organs anymore. Oh, here comes here comes Dave Thomas ready. Yep. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh-oh. Oh, this guy. Yep. Now this guy is Sam Rubinick, and he plays the father. Um you know, we saw the mother, and now the mother's a gynecologist. Now I was introduced this to this guy by um Frazier. He was like a character on Frasier for a time, but he was also, I loved him in Unforgiven. He would write the comic books. Wait, Unforgiven? The, the, the Clint Eastwood Westerns? Yes, he was sold as a novel. Like, I'm a writer. And they would always say, what, letters and such? And you go, no, books. And then you would see the book as a comic book. Oh, gotcha. Been a while. So he was in Against All Odds. He was in Wall Street. He was in Bonfire of the Vanities. He was in Nixon and True Romance. He's been out there. He is sure, totally Canadian. Now, this is interesting. He was born in a refugee camp in Germany where his father ran a Yiddish repertoire theater company. So he comes from a strong, like, Jewish theater tradition and he was raised in ontario and he um and he kept up that tradition canadian broadcasting corporation actor when he was young so basically they find out they're going to get expelled for fucking around with the organs and so the father is there to like do a payoff and save his son so the son is like Fuck that, I quit. But right. then there's like an emergency bus crash and everyone's in the ER. So he forgets that he quits and just goes down to help because he's helping people. And that will save the day and we're heading into our third act. But don't get under the illusion that we're out of here yet. This is just our no, setup. I'm, a lot I have of no delusion. Set. Trust me, even though you're telling me the third act is coming, that means we're still in the second act, Carl. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he's playing hardball with them. Like, you guys, if you guys take the blame and let my kid go, I'll make sure that you still have careers in medicine because I'm a powerful motherfucker. Look at my eyes! 
which yeah, in the end, Marlin will be like, look in my eyes. He goes, okay, we won't be doctors, but we'll always be men. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I wish there was a sequel, White Coats 2. Why? The day after. <laughs> Why stop? We Why We did it. We did it. He didn't have any. What are you talking about? It was my fault. I started it. Reek of like all uh, organs. Look at my eyes. Yeah, don't they reek of blood? And hey, how come they we don't see the splatters on them and stuff? They must have changed the scrubs. Don't yeah, mention the word scrubs in front of director Dave Thomas, though. A little sensitive. It was my idea first. Scrubs. Now, what I don't get is they go out into the hall and they agree to do the deal. Then they come in and do the deal. And then when they're on the on their way out, they're like, we're not doing the deal. It doesn't make any sense how it flipped. There's no story otherwise at this point. There is no story. What we're doing here is making a brand new story so we can have a third act. That's what we're doing. Right. That's what they're doing. What's supposed to happen in a film is there's a hero, and this hero wants a goal. And then by the end of the film, he's decided he doesn't want that goal and he want more. He wants something bigger and better, like love or uh, your integrity, something like that. But that doesn't happen in this film. We don't get set up with the goal, and then in the end... We just get comedic bits, and then we get a setup for sec three. He goes, I'm still cashing this check. He goes, you idiot, I'll just cancel the check. He goes, is there no integrity? Oh, back hanging out at the commissary. Yeah, and he goes, I've quit. Now, I forget what it is. I think it's a bus crash. Why don't you turn it up and we'll hear what is it's, the... Wait a minute. He's going to quit in the commissary and then they're going to be like, hey, guys, there's a bus crash? Right, right. Who cares about your dad? <laughs> what do you want to do first? Go get drunk or register for welfare? Huh. Why not both? Out and he's quitting. Now, look, she is weird. She's like, what's the big deal, guys? She's like completely inappropriate and has no payoff. Did she just say, let's get laid? I'm not following it. Yep, yep. It's bad writing. She's like out of left field saying, what's the big deal, guys? Well, and then this scene will end with Radar getting on the phone, paging Mike Hunt. <laughs> Bus crash. What about okay, Dr. Mike Hawk? Do you like him? Well, I 76 it. car pile up, according to the. Oh, uh, okay. Candidate. That's what it was. So it was a bus and 75 other vehicles. I guess so. 75 car pile up. They're all coming in. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking people. Jesus Christ, 76 car pile up? How is that possible? I see one car hitting another car, and then maybe a third another. car hitting it's like that an car. Well, like in Grand Theft Auto, where you throw like a grenade in the freeway? 
So now we're not going to get a series of comedic bits. We're going to get a series of serious bits in which they're saving this one, they're saving that one, and the tone of our film is completely, well, not, it's always been all over the place, but they will continue the tradition of having the tone of the film all over the place because now they're, um, that show ER instead of Scrubs, doesn't this film deserve to have the ER moment? Like any kind of comedy, they need this gravitas to kind of No, show. it does not deserve. No. You have a film, the film has a tone, and you play out your... Otherwise, you confuse your audience, and you make them feel emotionally weird. Huh. No, but I mean, imagine if you were watching The Notebook, and then there was a, like a... Uh, surf two kind of gross out scene. It, they don't go. You need right, one yeah. tone to your film in order for the audience to be satisfied. Turn it up. You'll hear no jokes. Go ahead. Turn it up. That is hilarious. He gets like that's cool. Like they get to do the doctor bit. Oh, remember that scene where he threw up oh, and dropped the clamp in there? Not yes. happening. No mask. No mask. No mask. They don't have time, Carl. They have gloves. I think I've told oh, you everything I can about this film. This is interesting. There's a woman, I don't know who it is. Her name's Ray Rochelle Lowen, but her right. credit in the script is Buxom Nurse. That's her character. Oh, well, God you bless. <laughs> uh, Mike Barnard, Peter Oldring. He was in Deep Impact. He was in Infinite. He was in... He played Farrah Fawcett's gay assistant in the television film Hollywood Live. Why? Why? I'm. 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 I think I'm done telling you about this. Okay. Oh, Carl. Let's let's talk about movies we like that take place in hospitals. Okay. Uh, can I recommend a movie? Yes. It's called Britannica Ho Hospital. I saw it with my father. It was an early '80s film about uh, a hospital as a parody of British hospitals. Okay. And it had Malcolm McLaren, uh, Dowell. It had uh, uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, was in it and it was like a day of the life and this doctor was creating like a genesis uh project and these people wanted to tear it down and it was really funny like that movie i like this is no britannica hospital i can't find a pen to write it down so i'm gonna put it in my cell phone should i see okay. it you're yeah. suggesting yes britannica it, uh, it's a really and it's all over the place, but it never stops being funny, and it never stops being a, a satire and a really sharp parody. Like, because they have all these different classes, you know, it's a British class comedy uh, parody. It's just really funny. There's a strike in the hospital. The rich people get better treatment. You know, there's a now DJ. We find, now we find out that Dan Aykroyd is not, he's a PhD, not a doctor. They're like, good thing you're here, doctor. You got to help. And he goes, I'm a doctor like Dr. Phil is a doctor. 
I am not a crook. Now, Carry On films, there was Carry On Nurse. I never saw it, but apparently that's another hospital film. Yeah, sure. Uh, Young Doctors in Love, Gary Marshall parody of uh, soap operas from the early 80s. One right. of the first ABC motion picture movies. Now, here we have a moment of comedy. Because, like, she's like, am I going to die? And he goes, well, actually, there is a 7% chance in this procedure you will die. And then, the, you know, Mitzi is like, you're not going to die. <laughs> that is, ew. Yep, and they don't give you any warning. Oh, what a mistake, Carl. What a big boner that was. <laughs> what the? Wow. You've got a huge boner, but not in a good way. Good news or the bad news? Good news, Doc. Well, I said the back. You've got a boner. <laughs> Yikes. That bone marrow is delicious, though. Mm. Roasted. Mm. Can't watch this scene. All the other stuff I can watch. Shit on the guy, no problem. Serious medical stuff now. That's you know, you do this, go get that. You help her, you and then they're gonna make it worse that there is a car crash right outside of the ER. And Dave oh. Thomas is laying on the ground. Oh no. Now they've so gotta it's... help. Yeah. Are you sure it's just not his acting? <laughs> Lifeless. Oh. All right. Look, they're shaking hands. Well, no, they're saying we've got to get past this. You gave Mitzi, Mitzi gave you a blowjob thing, so you have to pray with me. And he's like, Dear God, don't let Mitzi give any more blowjobs. Always on Mitzi's expense. Speaking of Paul's, oh, they get. Maybe the crash wow, this is cool. right now. This is like having your own hospital to shoot in. This is where it comes cool. They can go through the front doors, the emergency doors. Yeah, right. The ambulance behind it. Now watch. Here it comes. Here it comes. Because Dave Thomas just walked outside, so it's probably going to happen right now. Oh, wait. Ooh, turn, this up. turn this up. This is really funny. Will I ever see you again? <laughs> that was funny. Well, yeah, we, you turned it up just a little late because she says some like badass stuff, you know? Oh, I got and, to. Yeah, and he like falls for her. Will I ever see you again? Wait, what happened to this guy? He got a skiing? He's got a ski pole in his chest. And because he was on the car and it went into, oh, there's the crash. And he ends up being a billionaire who's going to fund the hospital. Oh no, is this in the Wendy's? <laughs> That's that burned him. When you insult someone, it's called a burn, right? Like, you, yes. you, oh, you got burned. Burn. So when they ha show a random burn victim at the beginning of the film, my joke was. Someone must have really insulted them. Oh, that's what your joke was. Because they were a burn victim. What a burn. But, but I regret it. I'm bringing it up now because 
That person actually got burned, Carl. No, I'm no, making light that of that. That was a script. It was an actor. Oh, it was, it was in the movie. script. He's like, here's a random burn victim. So Peter takes charge now and goes, he's not the only patient in this hospital. Let's go. Well, I'm all out of patients, personally. Oh, yeah, me too. Don't worry, we're ending. Okay, now, they've got it under control. They have taken the 76-car pileup victims, and now who comes in but Dave Foley at the last minute thinking that it's just a normal day, so he's going to be a dick. Uh. Who authorized you to operate on this person? Why do I feel like these conversations happened while I was in surgery? Right? Like, come on, man. I don't want to see this. Tie him up. So now they're going to uh, pretend Dave, um, Dave Thomas's voice. Who authorized oh, oh. this? He goes, I did, sir. Who said that? Is that Dave Thomas? Prove it. He goes, she goes, fuck you. He's like, what? Oh, yeah, come up and... He had to watch him pull this shit the entire movie, and now finally she gets to right. speak her mind. And she goes, scrub up and help us close. And she goes, how dare you? How? And he goes, oh, you want a piece of me? So now they have it out, and you think this is it, but no, they start making out. Oh my god. Cardiac surgeon, if you're dead! Ow! Carl, here's my reaction shot. Ooh! Yeah! It's very important in comedy to cut to the people go, ouch, that could have hurt. Oh. Now, if this film was funny, it would be good, even though it has so many flaws and it's plotless. This was a story arc. They hated each other throughout the entire movie. They built each other, but they're really in love with each other. Yes, Mike, you're right. I'm wrong. This film does have story arcs. <laughs> See, Carl? What were you thinking watching this four times? So now... Well, my first... <laughs> right, without the sound. So yeah. now they've saved the day and they're getting recognized and they're not fired and... He quit, though. Oh, look, he turned out to be a billionaire, and he made a large donation to this right. hospital. You know the guy with the ski pole in his chest? Good Dan Aykroyd got to say a bunch of words. Go. Okay, Carl, you can stop clapping. No, keep clapping. No, they stop clapping. One clap. So now we get a sexy thing with Dave Thomas and the nurse. Like, 
you know, when I was giving you mouth to mouth, I think you slipped me the tongue. He goes, well, that was an involuntary muscle spasm. He goes, well, if you ever have an involuntary muscle spasm again, I don't mind. It's that's good to know. These are Ooh, movie title, movie title. Okay, Intern Academy, let's go. Right, so now it's all coming in a circle. It's the new inter. Those guys are skilled. Walking around. Was... That's not the right Can word. you believe it? I'm shaking my head. I can't believe it. Hey! Yay, it's over. So now we get outtakes, which films that are good do. Meanwhile, it's like produced by the government. Carl, what'd you think of this movie? Um, I I I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like it. I was glad to see it, and I'm a Dave Thomas fan. I'm a Dan Aykroyd fan, but I just it didn't. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, this is a complete completist. I could check off that I saw another Dan Aykroyd movie that I didn't see before, and yeah, I have a film directed by one of my heroes, and they're all, you know, yeah, we've seen the shit. That's the outtake they put in there. Yeah, the end of the movie, the character literally eats shit. No, <laughs> we eat shit. <laughs> yeah, I, but otherwise, I think this is a terrible movie. I mean, the guy vomited into a uh, uh, now, corpse. I just got to say that you didn't watch it. With without me, you know, without with the sound, just watching it as a film, so you I don't, don't really know how unfunny this thing really was. Like I would tell you to turn up the thing, and this is a good bit, but most all of this film was not believable of what things people would do in the real world, and not funny bits. Now Dave Thomas is hilarious, so I'm not sure how we ended up here. But we did. I mean, he wrote it. He directed it. You would think that the guy who did Strange Brew and the guy who did so many Saturday uh, Second City Television funny, hilarious things would be sure. really funny in this film. But but for some reason that didn't. He tried. You know, like I I I agree with you. I'm I'm not disagreeing. I'm not playing yeah. devil's advocate. This was unfunny, and I'm actually grateful I didn't actually have to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I kind of dodged the bullet on it. But I, I mean, under the circumstances, this is what they were able to produce. And I mean, it's entertainment, but also it, it is like all over the place. And I don't know, watching a guy puke into a corpse, I, I, that's a horror movie, right? I yeah. mean, that's not he a comedy. Poop on his body. And, yeah. You know, there was a very funny outtake we just missed. Dan Aykroyd was in the hot tub and they said to him, Dan, can you um, please like soap up the nipples? And so he goes to the woman and soaps them up, and they go, no, 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 Dan, your nipples. And he goes, oh! <laughs> he started covering them up. Gotcha. All right, well, that's uh, filmed in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Obviously. Edmonton, Edmonton. And for the company I work for, we have a, um, a location, a, 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 a cellular, you know, it's a, so I knew Edmonton. And where it was on the map and everything. Nice. Well, you know, tell them next time you're there, white coat, huh? Right? Am I right? Eh? Eh? <laughs> they won't know what I'm talking about.
about 90% of Canadians have never. And now that it's, you know, that was 2004, nobody knows this film. Not even the, the only people who know about this film now are the great audience of LWAFLMOYT. Thank you so yes. much for If you're watching, still listening, listening at this point, thank you, people. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're one. We'll be back next Sunday, 2 p.m. on Muni Radio, Pacific Standard Time. We'll be back on your podcast feed as LWAFLMOYT. And we're on YouTube. You can see the movie synced with the audio at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl, thank you so much for making this happen. I'm excited for next week. We'll be back with a new movie. So subscribe and be ready. We'll see you then. Take care. Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, oh Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Hello, it's 6 o'clock, and it's time for the Joke Workshop at Mutiny Radio. Say hello, everybody. Say hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Yay.
Uh, because we have a small list, we're going to have everyone get five minutes. At four minutes, you'll hear this. I'll try to do it on a punchline, like Pam does. Oh, I'm Lauren Kraut. I'm your host for this evening. Woo! Woo! Yay, me! And on the board, over here, please give a warm welcome to Scotto on the board, doing the ones and ones and twos. Yay! Okay, we have a good lineup tonight. Everybody give a warm welcome for Newman Shake, number one comedian coming up for the stage. Yay! Come on, give a warm welcome. Thanks, guys. Happy Monday. Um, a little bit about me. Uh, I don't have a lot of Indian friends because uh, I like to feel special about myself. But uh, me and my token Indian friend, we were talking recently, and he was like, Newman, I want to get in touch with Indian culture. And I was like, yeah, man, you should go for it. And uh, the next time I met him, he had an Indian accent, which he didn't have before. That was new. And I don't know, man, I feel like having an Indian accent to be part of it part of Indian culture is like sexually harassing women to be part of Italian culture. Like that's not how that works, you know? And so I asked him like why he was talking like that. And uh, he said he was starting a yoga class to seem authentic to white people. And I was like, that's just great marketing right there. Like I'll be honest, if this entire audience was white right now, I'd be doing an Indian accent. Like right now, it'd be very different. Yeah, no. another thing about Indian people is like we're not seen as like traditionally attractive in like media, and I think that's really unfair. Because I was talking to, like one of my gay friends recently, and he was like, Newman, I really like hairy men, and I was like, you'll love my uncles, you know, like that's. Yeah, um, my friend's girlfriend died recently, and I wanted to comfort him, but like all I could come up with was like, hey man, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah, he didn't like that. Um, I feel like astrology is getting out of hand right now. Like, my friend, she got a DUI recently. And her excuse was, I'm just an Aries. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're an alcoholic, Jan. I don't know what sign that is, but it's not a good one. Like, I feel like we're getting to a point where, like, astrology is going to be used like a legal defense. Like, there will be lawyers in court. Like, you know what? My client did kill eight people. Because that's just what happens when you're a fire sign. Mercury's in retrograde. It's just what happens. Um, I don't think I can like really share things with my parents anymore. Like I can't call my mom and be like, you know what? I had a spoonful of peanut butter for lunch today. Because I spent too much money on Molly. Like that's where my life is right now. Um, they're getting rid of abortion. And that sucks. And I think if they are going to get rid of abortion, I think they should also get rid of child labor laws. Like, if they're going to force a woman to have a kid, I think she should get her money's worth. You know what I mean? Like, put that mistake in the factory where it belongs. Um, yeah. Um, I'm part of Gen Z, but I think Gen Z and millennials are pretty much the same. You know, like, we're really progressive and, like, really poor. I think the only difference between like Gen Z and Millennials, I feel like Millennials grew up dreaming about buying a house only to be really disappointed. And then I grew up being like, wow, I really want a dishwasher. You know, that would be a nice thing to have. Um, I feel like the Apple screen time feature, that's a weird feature on your phone because that's a feature 
that makes you feel bad about using the product too much. Like no other company can get away with that. Like McDonald's can't have a thing where they're like, if you come here more than three times a week, we're gonna call you a fat fuck. You know, that's not <laughs> something they can do. Um, I got a girlfriend recently. And yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm learning a lot from her, mostly because she's in her 60s. Like, I'm learning so much about arthritis in the Vietnam War. It's great. Yeah, and no, I think no, that's a good thing. Like, I think we complete each other in a way. Like, I bring, like, energy and youth, and she brings money. So that's really nice. But I don't think this relationship's going to be long-term, though, mostly because I don't think she's going to last long-term. And also, like, she wants me to choke her in bed. And I'm not a strong person. But neither are, like, old women next, you know? So it's it's weird. Okay. All right. I think that's all I have to try today. Give it up for your host, guys. Yay, Newman. I forgot to say before that we uh, can give feedback if anybody wants it. And after the jokes, uh, Newman, did you want feedback? Yeah? Anybody have anything to say? You can go up to the m microphone, please. I had one, too, Newman. Um, on a couple of the ones that you said with my uncles, um, you, there's an opportunity for you to get more um, fun out of it. Go get more specific with it, like Uncle Harry is Harry, or you know, <laughs> like that. Just um, go on with it, and also with the, I wanted to say do more with the share with parents of the things that you share with them or don't want to share with them. And I love the fat fuck line in the '60s with the older lady. That was great. Anybody else have any comments? Yes, go ahead. Come up to the mic, please. There's a standing mic. I thought you were very funny. I wanted to hear you do an impression of your friend doing a fake Indian accent. I thought that would be nice. <laughs> and then I, um, like Lauren said, like you do a really good job. You have good jokes and you have clean delivery. But if you expand into those a little bit more, those are just a little bit of like more examples could just really, you know, make it where people can't breathe. Because those are really good starters, and then if you just keep going and going and going, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. So what Lauren said, exactly. And I'm just uh, backing it up because I value exactly what I say, and I need to have a microphone, and I'm very lonely. So thank you very much. All right, thanks very much. Give it up for Newman. Yay! Your next comedian coming to the stage. Please give it up for Charlie Moore. Is the mic working? There we go. Hell yeah. I've never figured out how to get this, and when I pull it off the stand, it usually breaks. So, what's up? Uh, born and raised in San Francisco. San Francisco is a very white city. San Francisco is so white that growing up, all of my black friends were Indian. <laughs> yeah. My nickname in high school was Monica, which is what it sounds like when Indian kids say, my nigga. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I fell in love with a girl from a yearbook earlier this afternoon. I was digging through the atlas, and I found this yearbook, and I see this girl, and she is gorgeous. And it broke my heart when I realized that she and I would never 69, because this was the class of 69. Yeah. I was so in love with her. I started trying to find everything I could find about her. I looked for her Instagram, no Instagram. Looked for her Facebook, no Facebook. The only place I could find this girl's profile was the local obituary. And that was sad. Very sad. All right, stick to Indian jokes. Got it. <laughs> um, I was reading this article earlier. This guy got sentenced to five years in prison and had to register as a sex offender for streaking at the World Series. I think that's ridiculous, right? Like five years in prison for streaking at the Little League World Series? That is ridiculous, right? Like, I don't know, I'm Gen Z. I've been watching porn since I was nine years old. The only thing that old man is giving those kids is realistic expectations. That's all he's doing. Uh, I played Division Three basketball. There's three levels to college basketball, for those of you who don't know. There's Division One, which is sponsored by Gatorade. Division Two, which is sponsored by Powerade. And Division Three, which is sponsored by Financial Aid. I love it. But I don't know, sometimes I'm salty. Like the only reason I'm not playing Division One basketball with my height and size is because I refused to listen to my racist swimming coach when he told me to quit swimming. That finally worked, yay. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, it's just annoying to me. We actually, we did play against Division One team. And to be honest, it was a fun game. We're pretty good. Like we only lost by 17 points. We played the University of Vermont women's team, but that's, yeah, like Division Three is the only level of college basketball where at halftime the players work the concession stand. Yeah. Uh, I like to date girls who had shitty ex-boyfriends before me because when I treat them like the queen they are, they act like a once-broke rapper that just moved into a mansion. It's like an episode of MTV Cribs. She's like, hey, girl, remember blah, 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 I forget. Yeah, I don't know. She's always, they're always flexing their stuff. They're like, hey, hey. Check the neck, check the neck. Bruise free. <laughs> I'm a good guy, don't worry. <laughs> uh, I think one of the cool things about growing up is we learned to be proud of the things we were insecure about as kids. Like me, I was always ashamed of being like the whitest black guy ever. And it's not like I was ever ashamed of my white half or anything, white power. It's just that, it's just that as I've gotten older, I don't know, I've realized that when cartoons need a white character to say the N-word, I can be that guy who does it. That's all it is. Um, I think I'm finally over my ex-girlfriend at this point. Yeah, I think I'm finally over her, and I'm pretty cool. Like, I didn't even smile back at her when she smiled at me in my dream last night. <laughs> I didn't. Like, I don't know, did I arrange a threesome with one girl who kind of looked like her and another girl who had the same name as her just so I could appropriately say her name during sex? No. That'd be weird, right? Like, I haven't even thought about her in three months. We haven't even talked in three months. 29 days. I think it was like three hours and nine seconds last time I checked. Uh, you know, like, it's been a very long time since her funeral, to be quite honest. So, some of these jokes are just sad and not true. Uh, what do I want to try? Uh, I was a weird kid growing up. Uh, I think I'm still growing up, but one of the things that helped me is I took this online douchebag course that taught me that the easiest way to seem cool is just to do things to the side. For instance, if I want to seem cool to you guys, I'll take my head to the side, take my mouth to the side, lean to the side, and start talking out of my ass. 
That's all I'll do. All right, that one sucked. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. <laughs> Charlie Moore, everybody. Yay. Anybody, ha did you have anyone get feedback? Anybody have any feedback? There's Mark. Mic check, one, two. Hello. Hello, hello. Okay, so I like that you went back with the, um, the dead chick. That was good. <laughs> And I think that it's so, this is gonna sound douchey because I didn't take the same course you did, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like there was really a punchline with the um, her being in the obituary. I, I understand that is kind of funny and, and inherently, but then you, you kind of like go into the fact like now you're a necrophiliac, right? Mm. Or at least now that you, now you maybe you feel like one. Even if, even if you don't go with the necrophiliac thing, I still think that there's, such, there's more to that that you can, you can add. Um, to the beginning of it, and then the fact that you bring it back at the end is really cool. So it's like I, I think that joke is funny. Yeah, it has legs. And Sweet. then I think you should expand on the um, the Monica. Mm -hmm. I'd make sure I really said that white and not Indian. The the the, the uh, that that joke and being expand on being an SF native because there's not a lot of them in comedy, especially you know at this point in, in stage in the game. So mm -hmm. overall, it's great, dude. Yeah. You're awesome. Thanks. Anybody else have any comments? Oh, my notes were about the Little League joke. Um, I like it when you specifically harp in on someone to tell you whether it's fair or unfair because yeah. it kind of puts them in a position where then you're like, ah, Little League World Series. And also, I lost Little League, the actual wording, a little bit just because mm -hmm. it was so fast and to the side. So still enunciate it, yeah. but, but make it obviously. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else have any comments? Ooh. No? Okay. Thanks very much. Charlie Moore, everybody. Yay. Your next comic coming to the stage, please give a warm welcome, everybody, to Katema Casilva. Yay. Four more years. Four more years. What's up, y'all? How's everybody doing? Cool, man. I like it. <laughs> yeah, we're all high as fuck right now. Uh, give it up for all the comics, especially me. We're trying some new material. You got to be brave to come up here with some new material. Uh, this is a new bit that I'm working on. You know, men, we run the world. Let's be honest. We got banks. Chase Bank. Wells Fargo. Bank of America. That's some manly fucking shit. I think women should have their own banks. And I, I'm coming up with the name, but what do you think of these names? The Yes Bank. The Queen's Bank, right? Also, like, if you got a checking account or a saving account, it's not going to be called checking or saving account. It's going to be called tight pussy account. Okay, that didn't work. See? Uh, here's my impression of the devil laughing. <laughs> I don't like bubble baths. I just, I, I just don't like bubble baths. And there's a story behind it because uh, I was seven years old and I was taking a bubble bath, right? I had the bubbles. I had, like, like street sharks, yeah, right, I'm having a good time, I'm seven years old, my mom kicks the door, and she throws up, right, my mom's an alcoholic, there's fucking red wine on my fucking face while I'm taking a bubble bath, I'm like, ah, right, and my mom's an alcoholic, and I, like, she overcame it, which is good, you know, I was giving up for my mom not drinking anymore, it's good, but uh, she was really bad, especially on my birthday, I like chocolate cake, my mom didn't give me a chocolate cake for my birthday, she got me rum cake instead, right, and she also misspelled my name. I was like, what the fuck, mom? Like, that's not cool. Okay. Didn't work. Uh, 
Eric. That's awesome. Okay, I thought that was going to be the hitter. Okay. Uh, I was in Tijuana, and I, I went to a bar. I went to a couple strip clubs. You know, that's what I like to do for fun. And uh, there was a Mexican cartel guy sitting right next to me, right? And uh, we were cool. We had both Bandelo, Negro. You know, we had a good time. And we're smoking, chilling. And uh, he started talking about religion. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Whatever you want to believe in, man, that's cool. Uh, but, you know, I believe women should have their own rights. And he, he looked at me. He's like, oh, I, I agree. But I don't, I, I don't think women should get an abortion. I was like, dude, you're a fucking cartel gangster. What the fuck are you talking about? You kill people for fun. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, cartel. Uh, let's try a little bit of crowd work. What are three things that you would sell at a pawn shop? Anybody? A watch? Guitar? A phone? Pussy. That's Tijuana, but okay, that's close enough. Uh, I don't like when people say, oh, I manifest and everything's going to work out. I'm a manifest brain power. <sighs> I'm going to start manifesting the, those people who keep saying that shit to me. Just get the fuck away from me. Like, I like positive energy, but get the fuck away from me. Like, take that shit somewhere else. Also, like, here's another thing about myself I don't like. I don't like getting compliments. I hate compliments. I just don't. And, like, when women give me compliments, like, hey, handsome, in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck do you want, bitch? Like, I'm not buying you a drink. Leave me alone. Like, that's like, I'm like, leave me alone. Bye. But you know who gives the best compliments? Gay black men. I was in Oakland, and this this African man was like, hey, hey, Tarzan. I'm like, oh, my God, me? Are you talking about me? Oh, shit, thanks. <laughs> Ooh, hey. Hey, stop touching me. <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that kind of worked. And um, cartel. Oh, this is okay. Where can you find a gay assassin? In the closet. I know, sorry. I had to. I had to. <laughs> These are all high jokes, so, you know. I was kidnapped once. It's, it's, it was scary. But they were nice. You know, they had, like, Sega. They got Capri Sun and shit. And they had the ransom letter. And I, I snuck out and looked at the ransom letter. And I looked at the guy. I was like, hey, man, uh, you, you misspelled my name. It's actually C-U, not Q-U. <laughs> He's like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, oh. Okay, no. You guys are not with that. Thank you. <laughs> mm. Queens Banks, what? Okay, we did that. I don't want people to say. I th I think I'm pretty. Oh, yeah. I think I'm I'm pretty good. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Right, Please critique you. me so I can get better. Don't be a wuss. Be honest. Go ahead, Charlie. Anybody have feedback, Mark? Yeah, I got something just real quick. Uh, you said Yas Bank. Yeah. Queens, uh, Queens Bank. Queens Bank, and then yeah, you should. I think you should uh, Yas Queen. Oh, yeah, uh, so that is the group of three, right? Oh. But God bless. It was great. You're amazing. I love you. Okay. Yes. Bang. Charlie. And abortions is a really funny premise. And I think there's a joke to be made about how like he would rather women keep the baby so he can blow them up in the hospital <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Okay. Blow up the babies. Okay. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, so, so wait 20 years. Wait 20 years till the baby. <laughs> A anybody else, please, please, please. The bubble bath and your mom, there was something there with the chocolate cake and the rum cake. I don't know. I thought you could develop it and explore it more because it was a very interesting story. You want me to, like, sell it, like... You gotta smell that chocolate cake. Yeah, you know, like that. What do you mean? Like, try to like. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's a there's a joke between 
about it being in not chocolate but rum mm-hmm. and how that affected you. Oh. Oh, a rum oh yeah, there you go. A rum bottle and the case. Anybody else? Please, please help me out. Rum. Oh, okay. Just 